Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. Hello, Operate Intelligently listeners. This is Joshua Peach, and I've got a great guest on today. Uh, we're still weathering this COVID-19 uh, challenges, trials, and tribulations that we're all dealing with. And uh, last week, I had a conversation with a longtime friend, client from 2002, I guess, was when you started, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah, 2002. So client from 2002, a great friend of mine, uh, Paul Anastasi, who was at the city of Newton. Uh, you were in Watertown prior to that. You retired. You came out of retirement, and you're back at it again in North Northbridge, Mass. Northbridge, Mass. I worked in Uxbridge, Mass. I'm working in Tupsfield, Mass. I, it's a, really a failed retirement. Yeah, I was going to say you're working more and harder now than you did when you were working. Yeah, uh, and retirement. So welcome, Paul, and thanks for your time here today. Um, Paul, I asked to be on this because one, uh, he is an expert in after hours use of buildings, which is what we really want to focus on today. And as a, as a disclaimer, it doesn't matter what you use for a solution for your after hours use of buildings um, organization. You want to be doing some of the things that we're going to talk about because some of the numbers that I'm going to share just with our own clients is really a, a, a big a, a big number. So, um, but Paul is truly an expert in after hours use of buildings, just in process management. He was actually our first client to approve and assign and, and delegate uh, hours at 36,000 feet back in, <laughs> God, what was that, 2010 or somewhere there about? Yeah, nine, nine or 10. You were going On my Alaska. way to Alaska. Yes, I remember that. So, uh, so Paul's an expert, and uh, a week ago we were talking. He uh, he survey he sent a survey out to his membership at uh, the Massachusetts Facilities Administrators Association, asking what are people doing, how are you managing your bookings, reservations, your fees that you may have charged, or the fees that you're going to charge for your use of buildings. That's your pickle. That's your pickleball tournaments. Your mothers against destructive decisions. Girl Scouts. Anyone that uses your building after hours, after the school's out. And it posed a question that I, uh, I went and pulled some numbers from our database of 1600 plus education institutions in the country. And I pulled the number of events that have been booked from March 1st to June 30th of this year. Realistically, everything after March 13th and probably to June 30th is going to be canceled. It's not going to happen. There's not going to be any events. Uh, but in that time frame of those three plus months, 1,600 institutions, we have almost 1.5 million events totaling 6.3 million hours. That's a lot of hours of use. That's a lot of events. And if you aren't going and canceling and restructuring um, those events, when you come back and the lights go back on with everybody in the building, it's going to be a huge undertaking. So, you know, Paul, first and foremost, what, what do you, what was some of your findings in your conversations with your membership and the survey that you put out? Um, and what's some of your, uh, your personal thoughts and feelings? Well, I think what I found most of all is that people aren't thinking about this right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're at a, we're in a lull um, here in mass. I'm not sure where it, where it is across the country, but we did the, originally we did the scramble let's let's keep the kids safe and let's clean every night when when they're gone and clean through the weekends and then the kids went away and it was like we got to get through the buildings and and get everything done and and cancel events don't let anybody in and you know that kept us crazy for two weeks and now we're in week four or five and 
people kind of in a lull and, and most people are home. We've sent most home. We've got a skeleton crew on. Um, so people are kind of like in this spot where it's like ho-hum and not really thinking about what's going to happen when we do turn those lights back on. And it's a good time right now to be thinking about that stuff because we've mm -hmm. got the time to do it. We've got people at home looking for things to do. The phone's not ringing. The people aren't walking into the office um, asking for, you know, special ed privileges, asking for their, their lunch programs, asking, mm -hmm. you know, for, for all the things that they typically ask for in a central office. So we have a whole lot of staff at home um, trying to keep busy and, and they do want to keep busy. They're calling looking for things to do. And this is a, a perfect um, thing that the community I'm working in now, um, we're just launching um, um, FS Direct and getting it off the ground. So um, it's perfect time for this woman that's going to run the project. She's entering her organization. She's entering her schedules, um, all of the um, requesters and things like that, that she can do now and, and doesn't have to do it between doing payroll and answering the phone and putting out an HR package to someone that's a new employee. So I'm finding that right now it's, it's a, it's a good opportunity to get this stuff done. Yeah. Uh, you actually made a great point. You and I were talking before we, we went live here uh, and you know, <laughs> someone that's been doing this for a long time as myself, I should have thought of this beforehand, but I was just looking at these staggering numbers of events and hours. You made a point of saying, if these events don't get canceled in something, whatever they're doing, and if no one's notifying the, the, the BAS controller or they're not using, you know, an automation tie-in, um, those events are still, you, those events are still happening. So in essence, the HVAC controls are still on as occupied and not unoccupied. So that's something that people should be really paying attention to because that's, that's just wasted money of utilities out the window, right? Right. Because right now, I think I know what we have done and what most communities have done. We're down with Skeleton Crew. Um, here in New England, we're, we're getting into our warmer weather. It was, you know, in the 50s today. We've ordered all the boilers off. So we're not burning oil. We're not yep. burning gas. Um, we want to save on that. The lighting is all turned down. Most, most mm -hmm. everybody's got motion detectors now or, the, you know, the ability to just turn them off. Mm -hmm. So everything's off 24-7. We're, we're down. I have one person in each building and, you know, I told them to dress warm because it might get a little cool in the buildings. But if you haven't turned your events off and you have mm -hmm. the automation solution, it's going to heat that auditorium Saturday night at eight o'clock when you were going to have that recital yeah. or, or, you know, Sunday afternoons for church or, or, you know, later in the afternoons when, when school's out and, you know, you have the Girl Scouts coming into a, a lecture hall or something like that. All, all those large spaces are going to take, take up an energy suck where people have really tried to shut it down right now and save what they can. Yeah, we, and we've got a lot of folks, you know, the majority of our of our followers and listeners are, are facility professionals like yourself, but we have a, a pretty significant amount that that are that are learning or that are, you know, directly tied somehow to the facility professionals. You know, I get to ask this question pretty frequently, and I don't know the exact answer, but, you know, ballpark, what do you figure it costs to run a gymnasium, lights, heat, air condition for an hour? Like, what does that... Oh, it's naturally it's going to depend on in the area of the country that you're in, but an hourly cost. I know back when I worked in the city of Newton, for us to turn on all the buildings in the heating season for one day, it was like thirteen thousand dollars for twenty-three wow. buildings. That's for a day, so yeah. you can do the math there and break it down hourly on a winter winter's day. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's a crazy amount of uh, money that just, um, yeah, especially in the large spaces, the gyms, the auditoriums, those, the spaces that everyone wants to use after hours. Yeah. With all that's going on in the world, we've decided to cancel our upcoming conference, Dude University. But we're excited to be introducing our first ever virtual Dude University on May 5th and 6th, 2020. Make sure you get on the list for this free two-day mix of online sessions, including product training, best practice sessions, industry connections, and a live client panel. Register for free online today at university.dudesolutions.com. What, were you, what, what did you find as far as, um, you know, the people that you talk to and kind of what you're going through, what did you find for experience or what they're, the work that they're doing now with regard to their, their events? What are they, you know, is there a standard protocol that you were seeing? Were there any consistencies? Were there any inconsistencies? Some of the questions, you know, I asked were, um, do you reimburse or can you reimburse, you know, in, in a public setting? A lot of times you have to keep things within a fiscal year. We're coming to the end of our fiscal years, um, June 30th. And, you know, what if you had events that were going to run June 15th and 20th and, and you, you're going to invoice after that? How would you get them paid or, or if they're going to be can- not canceled until June 15th? Mm-hmm. How do you reimburse them? Um, I found that most people here have a revolving account that their mm-hmm. money goes into for um, using their buildings after hours, which is... Um, it's much easier than dealing with a public budget. Mm-hmm. So you can carry money over from one fiscal year to the next. Um, I'm finding that um, a lot of people use that revolving account to take care of the spaces that are rented out after hours. Mm-hmm. So for instance, the revolving account will do the routine maintenance on the fitness equipment in the gym because they have an, an exercise group that uses it all the time or the backboards or, or the lighting controls in the auditoriums and, and the seats and the arms that get broken and, and things like that. Well, people need to start thinking down the line that, that they're going to deplete that revolving account. Yeah. And without money coming in, it's not going to be there next year to, to do it. We're, we're so used to have a, a constant rollover because buildings, you know, public buildings now, especially schools, they used seven days a week. As much time as people can get in them, they can use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of money coming in from those, those events. Well, I think when you talk about depleting the the uh, the money that you have now for events that are booked for this budget year, if you're keeping or hanging on to those fees for events that aren't happening, i.e. you're not canceling your rescheduling or postponing to next year, that space is going to get additional wear and tear with no funds out of the upcoming fiscal year. So there, Correct. So um, it's something that folks need to really kind of think about and forecast. And that's one thing I just thought of, you know, you, you're, you're uh, always great with, with reports and forecasting and being able to tell, you know, within a, a barometer of how much um, you're going to rent your space most likely and how much you stand to recover. This is going to be a, a huge differentiator in that number because you're going to actually have your rental numbers probably go higher, but your income uh, or revenue generated, um, be lower because you're having, because you have funds being held from, from this year, um, which people probably need to be a little bit more aware of as well. Right. But most, most of the regulars will, you know, give them a credit into next year's use because they, they come back year after year. 
Mm -hmm. um, the one-off people, we're going to, you'll, you'll see people getting checks back and the refunds. Mm -hmm. But most of the, um, you know, the youth groups, the youth soccer, the youth baseballs. But those will it, probably just be canceled until next year. They're not going to They'll be canceled until yeah, next year. So that money's not going to come in and you're going to have them still come, come in next year. And there's a whole, there's a gap of time missing there that, you know, mm -hmm. income wasn't coming in and some refunds went out, but now we're, we're given, we're giving back the, uh, the, the facility without income coming in anymore. So you guys are in a unique situation where your staff has something to do and they're actually setting up the system and, and doing that, which I think that if anyone's in, in that world where they, they really want to get a handle on things, they want to evaluate what they're using and, and, and do something. Um, what would you say would be the top three or four things for someone to do just with their existing process or system right now? Like what I'm, I'm a, I'm a school, any town USA. Um, my staff's gone five weeks ago, we've had to reestablish and, and try to figure out our new normal may or may not be paint. This may or may not be on the radar screen. What should someone do right now? Uh, what should be the, the things they should address and how? Well, I, I think it was interesting when I sent out the survey and, and, and got the answers back, what I read into it was, and, and you know what it's like reading email. If there's no um, formality to it, there's no highs and lows in people's voices. So you try to make what, the best out of what they're actually saying and feeling mm -hmm. they were reporting what they typically do. They refund money. They credit into next year. They will stop their bookings, but no one really said we've done that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. They, they told me what, they, what the process is, but no one said we have done this. Right. Um, so, so I think to start out right off the bat, I, I would cancel anything that you are a hundred percent sure will be canceled. Stop that event, stop the clock ticking, and that'll shut down our automation and, and all that stuff. I would, it, people have time now. I would invoice what's, what can be invoiced. Um, people, we're not in the buildings, but business is still going on. In schools, people are still getting paid. The business office is still running. Checks are still getting sent out. So most organizations are running their, their business stuff. Um, from home, so or, or even going into the office, you know, when they can to do it. So I, I would get invoices out and get get people up to date. Um, now's the time to to do all do all that upkeep that we are, we're always trying to play catch up on. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, that it was a real interesting reply to the question I asked was, um, what do you think would be a realistic time that we're going to reopen? And that was. It was all over the map, but some people said we're canceling everything for the rest of the school year. Um, so, some said we're, we're going by what the governor says, and here the governor said May 4th, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're waiting for that to be updated. Most people think it's going to go later in May or maybe even into June 1st. And I know I've heard on the news that some states have even canceled their school year. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if you have a definite decision by your administration, I'd get everything canceled and get everything up to date um, to that date right. and then start planning on, you know, what's next, how are we going to bring people back? Um, mm -hmm. Are we going to have summer programs? Um, I, my personal opinion is I think when we do get back and they tell us flip the switch and let's go, that schools are probably going to be used for school events just to start to get started. Right. I think it's going to go back to the old days where schools were used for school. They right. weren't used for church. They weren't used for, funerals and wakes and everything else that everyone's using 
using mm -hmm. schools for nowadays. Um, and then it will slowly roll out to where we, we were before this shutdown. Yeah, well, I think you make a great point. Um, I know in the state of Massachusetts, I know that uh, I think it's the state of Virginia, the state of Oklahoma, there's three or four states that are, are canceled through the end of the year. Um, and the assumption would be if, if classes are canceled, then all events at the buildings are going to be canceled. But you make a good point, like where we are in the state of Massachusetts, it's May 4th. So you should be canceling all your events up to May 4th. There aren't going to be any events in your buildings until then. And then establish a, a plan for when May 4th hits. What next? You know, what do we do? Um, I'm, I'm with you. My, my belief on this whole thing, and I could be way off and I'm not that smart. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea about any of that stuff. What I do believe is even if the schools get back online May 4th and the kids go back in the seats, I think exactly what you're saying. I don't think any after hours use of buildings is going to be permitted. Uh, I think there's going to have to be a whole lot more organization. I think that people should be thinking about this whole COVID-19 and understanding who's in your school, because I think after this is probably going to be more scrutiny on when someone is diagnosed with something like this, where were they? Who was in the building? You know, right now, in many cases, people that don't have an organized process uh, or don't have to share a whole lot of information, they just say, I want this, the gymnasium Friday night for three hours and not put the number of people or have a registration. Someone could go in there with a contagious uh, illness and you wouldn't know and you might not know to you were, what were you doing? You, you set up a new cleaning for the basketballs and the kickballs and everything, right? To disinfect yep. and sanitize. You might not know to do that, right? So you might just do your standard cleaning and put yourself at risk. So I think that this is going to be at a minimum uh, June 30th. But my suspicion is that, that business as usual for after hours events and rentals um, and giving the space to outside communities is, is probably not going to happen until September. Um, but to, to really to plan based on what your governor is saying for when you potentially could open up, at least cancel through that point. Like no one should have in Massachusetts, no one should have an open after hours event right now to up to May 4th. Right. Correct. So. And then when it, when it does reopen, how are you going to roll it back? Mm -hmm. um, how are we going to get back to where we were it, with, with the system that we have now, we can open it to school use. Mm -hmm. And so people can book their events for school use. And then, mm -hmm. We, you know, who's next in our line? It's usually the nonprofits in town. Mm -hmm. So we open it up to the youth soccer and, and, the, and the Little League Baseball and the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Um, and then we roll it down to you know, Joe down the street that wants to have a, you know, a birthday party for his daughter with 200 kids. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the things you got to be thinking about now. How do we roll like it out once we're already listening? Yeah. Once, once the switch is flipped. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's going to want to come back to the buildings and, and you're going to need to control that and you have to do it with this with the systems that we have yeah no that's those are good points so what do you say about all this stuff you you've i mean you've come out of retirement do you want to retire again at this point are you i mean i'm amazed that you're keeping it all you you you're i mean you're always just so darn light you, you're smiling and key handle everything so well what what's some words of wisdom or some advice for some folks that might be struggling out there well i i used to say um, before that when we went into a snowstorm, for instance, or a large storm here, and, and, the, and the teachers were, were saying one thing, superintendent was trying to think of the best thing for the whole system, and, and you know, the facilities people, they're the people that need to keep it together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't answer directly to the public, 
but we're the guys behind the scenes, guys and gals behind the scenes. And I used to say, I live for this. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that it would ever be to this magnitude. No one does. No one, no one could have predicted this, but um, it's, it's, I'm looking at it as a big storm. We're in it and we have to do what we can to, to keep going. I mean, we've had four or five day snowstorms where, you know, day two, day three, there's, there's nothing to do. You're in the lull and that's where we are now. And then when it comes time to reopening the building after a storm, you want to make sure sidewalks are clear and salted and doorways are open and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking to the next step and looking forward. And, and we, I, I, I can speak for myself. I live for this stuff. Oh yeah. No, and you do a great job at it and, uh, appreciate you for it. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, everywhere that you go and the people that you touch, uh, whether it's in your district or the association, you, you do a phenomenal job of keeping that positive light and that, that mental attitude. And uh, you said snowstorm in three or four days. And I just got a twitch in my neck because I thought about the polar <laughs> vortex. That was 27 <laughs> days. A lot of people forget that, you know, yep. every, every Monday and Tuesday for five weeks, school was closed and we had over 115 inches of snow or something in 27 days. And that was uh, hibernation station. I know I didn't leave anywhere for 27 days. So this is a little bit longer, but you're absolutely right. You know, just kind of take it as it goes along. So we can't um, change it. That's for sure. You, no, we're not going to change it. We just got to ride with it, ride, ride the wave. Adapt, adjust and retool. That's it. Well, uh, really appreciate your, uh, your spending a few minutes with us here and, and giving your insight and, and hopefully that uh, some of this podcast will give some folks some ideas and insight, maybe help some of your members with some of the challenges that they're facing. And, you know, we're all in this together and, and trying to figure out, you know, best practices, kind of like what you said, hey, we, we do, but not necessarily we've done or we're doing even. It's kind of like what we've, what, we've, what we've always done, but we need to get to it. And uh, hopefully this is something that gets on people's radar screens. Because like I said, just our 1,600 clients, three months of uh, events booked is 1.6 million events. That's a lot of events um, that, that, need, that need to be addressed and looked at. Uh, we do have um, about half a million of those have been uh, canceled uh, so far, but I, I suspect that a lot more are going to be. And what we want to do is avoid a an administrative nightmare when they get back to school. So um, really appreciate you, my friend. Keep, keep moving the way you're going, stay safe. And uh, we'll catch you when this is all over and I'll rent your gymnasium for a, uh, a pickleball tournament. I'm not even really sure what pickleball is, but that seems to be one of the most popular th- events that's going on around the yeah, country. We'll, we'll right figure now. it out. Yeah. We figured out harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate you. And that'll do it for another episode of Operate Intelligently. We've got a a number of uh, additional podcasts coming up for COVID-19 specific best practices to help uh, you listeners and anyone that you might think that could use some help out of this. Please share the podcast with them and give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. In the meantime, uh, stay safe out there. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Be safe, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.